Hello and welcome back to the Men You Were Not Alone podcast. This episode is about a subject I've mentioned a couple of times on the podcast, but it's been quite some time since I did. That subject is radio frequency, or RF, pollution, and how it can demonstrably disrupt sleep and cause brain fog in people who are sensitive to it. Which I believe most people are, but they don't realize it because RF is not in the visible spectrum, so it's, it's pretty much out of sight, out of mind. I'm old enough to remember when the world around each of us was not saturated with RF. There was RF present in my youth, but nowhere near the magnitude that it is today. It's because I was alive before the world around us became saturated with RF, and now I live in a world saturated with RF, that I was able to test and understand how it impacts my own life and that of others. I'm fairly sensitive to RF and always have been. I don't know why I am, but I am. I'm prone to drawing lightning strikes, and based on my own measurements with a voltmeter, I tend to have a relatively low amount of electric current in my body compared to the other people that I've put my voltmeter on. I've also had a sensitivity to the spiritual realm for as long as I can remember. I don't know if any of these three facts intertwine with or help explain my sensitivity to RF, but the older I get, the more I entertain the idea that they may all indeed be related. Last night was filled with unusually random and odd dreams, and this morning I awakened with a severe case of electronic brain fog. And I know why. It's because I forgot to shut off my Wi-Fi router last night. When I was finally able to clear my head enough to get out of bed this morning, I walked straight to where my router is plugged in, and sure enough, it was plugged in all night. It's my own stupid fault for forgetting to unplug it. I can't stand when I forget to kill the power to it before going to bed. I've learned over the years that brain fog caused by RF is different than simply not sleeping soundly or not sleeping long enough the night before, at least in my case it is. If I simply don't sleep soundly or not long enough, that fog leaves pretty quickly, like within 10 to 15 minutes of waking up. Electronic brain fog lingers for hours, sometimes well into the afternoon, just like it has today. And that's why I thought to revisit this subject, because this information might help people who would never think of it otherwise. And and let me get this out. I'm not getting sick. The brain fog is not from allergies. I've been studying the effects of RF on my own life and sleep, along with how it may be impacting my children's lives and sleep, for the past 13 years. The years of repeatable results are so predictable that I don't have to guess anymore. I won't go into lengthy detail about all the ways I've observed the impact of RF on my own life and sleep. The list of negative health effects from RF on the human body are exceedingly lengthy and pretty easy to find in the many peer-reviewed research papers published within the past couple decades. I'll list some of the impacts from my own life here real quick just to give you an idea of some of what I'm talking about. Sleeping with a cell phone anywhere near me causes me to have horrific nightmares, every time, without fail. Sleeping around Wi-Fi gives me severe brain fog, every time, without fail. Wi-Fi in the 2.4 gigahertz range makes my ears ring when I'm close enough to a router to have full signal strength. Wi-Fi gave my middle son headaches when he was younger. When my daughter was an infant, turning on the router immediately woke her up, screaming, every time. I have experienced voice-to-skull technology two to three times relatively recently. When my daughter was eight, I identified the cause of her severely disrupted sleep to be the pulsing of the new broadcasting smart meter, the electric meter, mounted on the outside of her bedroom wall. I called the power company and had them replace the smart meter with a non-broadcasting meter, and voila, my daughter started sleeping soundly again. Those are just some examples. If you have any interest in hearing more about these experiences, 
You will find that in episodes 69, 79, and 100.5 of this podcast. The reason for me mentioning this again is because RF in our world is an invisible aggressor. It's usually out of sight and out of mind and does not make it to people's list of potential causes for a host of mental, physical, and sleep disorders, in spite of the mountain of peer-reviewed research that clearly identifies RF as hostile to the human mind and body. While discussions of the negative and or utterly destructive impacts of RF on the human body and mind are increasingly overcoming the stubborn cognitive dissonance of the masses and medical professionals of the world, it's been an exceedingly slow road getting the ball rolling. Exceedingly slow. Every bit as slow as convincing people that it's okay to see planes spraying aerosols, tic-tac-toe boards across what used to be our blue skies. That it doesn't make them crazy to see what they can plainly see with their own eyes even though doing so makes them a heretic to the technocrats that they have largely surrendered their sovereignty, minds, and judgment to. If you or a family member are struggling with body, mind, or sleep issues, I encourage you to begin researching the negative impacts of RF on all three of these. I understand that what you can't see is hard to imagine as being a cause for as many issues as RF has been proven to cause. But if you are genuinely seeking to remove the cause, rather than merely treat the symptoms with pharmacia, I implore you to educate yourself on peer-reviewed research on RF. What you find may surprise you. In fact, I would be surprised if it didn't. Just be prepared to have your understanding of mind, body, and sleep health challenged. As with anything, if you can identify the actual cause, you usually can mitigate or remove the cause, which gets rid of the symptoms. Or you can do what many people do and shut down the symptoms of a cause without ever devoting yourself to finding the actual cause. Don't look for medical professionals to help you with RF research, because if RF is the cause of your issue, you will no longer need those prescriptions to mask the symptoms of a cause you can likely mitigate or altogether remove from your life. There's no money for medical professionals if RF is the cause of your mind, body, or sleep health issue. I figured it out from my family with a $200 RF meter and some time reading peer-reviewed research papers for free online. I bought my first RF meter 13 years ago and still use it to this day so I can be certain that where I sleep is RF dead. That $200 meter costs roughly the same as a doctor visit, except that my $200 meter has helped me and others countless times to identify causes no one else around them was able to discern. I have several meters manufactured by Cornet Microsystems. That's C-O-R-N-E-T. I'm in no way affiliated with them, but I have found their meters to be exceedingly durable. And if you're looking for an RF meter that does a solid job but doesn't cost thousands, I recommend Cornet without hesitation. And again, I don't get anything by recommending them. I'm not in any way affiliated with them. They've just earned my respect and my money in buying things from them. I recommend you get a meter designed for one task. If you want to measure RF, get a meter designed to measure only RF, because odds are if you have a meter designed to measure only one thing, you're getting a device that does the job much better than one that is sold for just a little bit more money that measures additional fields like electric or magnetic fields. A meter is a tool, and it allows us to quantify to see the invisible. If we can see the invisible and pinpoint the invisible as the cause, We can take steps to remove or mitigate that invisible cause and then use our meter to quantify or measure our progress toward removing that cause. That is exactly how I found out what was bothering me and my children. So if you go to get a meter, get a tool that's made for measuring that specific field. 
To me, it's similar to fixing a machine. While an adjustable wrench may fit all the bolts I need to remove, an adjustable wrench is more of a universal fit, and it's usually a little sloppy. So it may remove or install the bolts, but it may just as likely ruin the head of those bolts in the process, and that creates a mess. It's why I grab sockets instead of my adjustable wrenches first. A socket is made for a specific sized issue. Meters are largely the same. While it costs more to get specific meters, unreliable information is almost more dangerous than no information at all. A meter designed to quantify a certain anything is tailored to do exactly that. It's a socket, not an adjustable wrench. We often fail to consider that a cause of something we are struggling with could be invisible to us, whether that invisible something exists in the natural or the spiritual realm. It's a human tendency to want the explanation to be tangible, something that we can touch and feel, something that can easily be validated by others because they also can touch and feel the same evidence. Over the decades of my life, I have found that the most difficult evidence to present or convince someone of is that which can't be quantified by touch or sight, even though it's as real as the day is long. I'll leave this episode here and hope that something I said stretched your worldview enough to at least consider RF to be real enough that it'll land on your list of usual potential suspects when you or a family member experiences a mind, body, or sleep health issue. RF may or may not be the cause, but based on my own experience, you would be wise to be certain it's not before you decide to trust pharmacia to make the problem go away by masking the symptoms. I hope your day is a pleasant one, and I'll catch you on the next one.